Hi, this is Dr. Jacob Lieberman, and today we'll be mapping light and vision on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix is so important not only because it invites us to stop and assess, but also because it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, our recommendations, and our outcomes. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Dr. Jacob Lieberman. Dr. Lieberman earned a doctorate of optometry from Southern College of Optometry, a PhD in vision science from the College of Syntonic Optometry, and was awarded an honorary doctorate of science from the Open International University of Complementary Medicines. His discoveries in the fields of light, vision, and consciousness have been enthusiastically endorsed by luminaries in the fields of health, science, and spirituality from Deepak Chopra and Bruce Lipton to Eckhart Tolle. His newest book, Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living, reveals how light guides our every step so we may fulfill our reason for being. Dr. Lieberman, welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. It is fabulous to be here with you today. It's a nice way to start my day. It is the start of your day. <laughs> Given that you're in Hawaii, it's very early there when we're recording this. And we're talking today about light and vision. And I'm wondering if you could just start us off by speaking into what you mean by that, because I know you have a particular take on the concepts of light and vision. Light is the foundation of all that is. If you look at biblical aspects of light, right in the beginning, the creative force that is typically called God, we say, is light. Spiritual texts basically equate consciousness with light, and quantum physicists literally say that light is the formless essence from where all life emerges. This is why the renowned theoretical quantum physicist David Bohm said, all matter is frozen light, while the Nobel laureate Albert Sensgeorgi, who discovered vitamin C, says all the energy on earth and in our bodies is derived from the sun. Light is literally the primal nourishment or nutrient of life. We eat plants and animals and so on. We don't realize we're literally consuming frozen light. Yeah, there's so much to talk into there. And I want to go deeply into how we think about that clinically. But how do we correlate that with vision and the health of our vision? Goethe said, light created the eye as an organ with which to appreciate itself. So 
the eye and light are literally married. And the reason we say something caught our eye is because the light is literally looking for the eye to guide it in terms of what's next in life to attend to, what's next in life that we need to be with. And so light interacting with the eye, it not only initiates the process of eyesight and vision, but most of the light that enters the eye is going to the portions of the brain that are controlling the autonomic nervous system, endocrine system, stress reaction, and so on, setting the stage for the timing of our internal environment to be at oneness with the timing of Mother Nature. Yeah, that's so brilliant and beautifully stated. And I love how you're synthesizing the science and the physiology with that philosophical wisdom and the sense of consciousness. And I'm wondering, Dr. Lieberman, how this makes its way into your practice or clinical practice or how we all could be these weavers of this marriage as you're talking about. One of the things that became evident to me in the late 70s is that each of us responds to things based on our own relationship with whatever that is. You know, the old idea is, oh, red creates this impact, blue creates this impact, or vitamin C does this and vitamin D does that. But as you've seen it from being a practitioner, is everyone responds differently depending on their degree of resonance with whatever they're experiencing, whether it be an ingestible or something that they're literally feeling. And so my work over the years, a great deal of it, has been based on the fact that I noticed that people respond differently to different wavelengths of light or what one might perceive as color. And what I notice is that they're receptive to some and seemingly allergic to others, certain colors they recoil from. And what I have found is the colors that seem to trigger some reactivity within us has something to do with something that is unresolved. Most of it may have been even before we came into existence. Maybe it was just passed on from generation to generation. Some of it could have been early life experiences. But what's fascinating is I notice, for instance, if someone has a sensitivity to red or orange, I notice that when I start doing a physical profile on them, I notice that where they hold stress, the parts of their body that don't seem to be biologically working very harmoniously, or where their body has manifested some sort of dis-ease state is directly associated with the chakras of red and orange. And this is something that I've just noticed empirically for 45 years. So I find it sort of fascinating because Color, what we perceive as color, is just a different vibration that is part of the nourishment that we take in. And where I think it's important for practitioners that are dealing with nutrition is we know that if we're not consuming the appropriate type of diet, if you will, 
we could suffer from malnutrition, for instance, but we're all ingesting the wrong kind of light all the time and not realizing that it is creating a malillumination, which has global impact on the body because light is literally experienced by every single cell and cellular structure within the physiology. So I know you're the author of several books, and one is Light Medicine of the Future. So how do we use light as medicine and nutrition, as you're speaking to? My work is about supporting people in becoming more receptive to the full spectrum of light, meaning that they are able to respond to each of the different color bands or different wavelengths in a similar fashion. So most people have aspects of life that they like and aspects of life that they're uncomfortable with. The ones that are uncomfortable with seem to trigger a stressful reaction within them. But as they become more comfortable with what used to feel uncomfortable, they're able to not only receive more light in the body, but more life as well. And their diet, what their system is able to assimilate and make use of also increases because everything we ingest via the mouth has a maximum wavelength absorption characteristic, which means a certain portion of the light spectrum has to interact with that substance in order for it to be broken down and fully used in the body. And so if an individual is not getting enough sunlight or is indoors most of the time, which most of us are, and receiving our light diet from artificial sources, be it overhead sources, cell phones, computers, and so on, even though we might be eating the best possible diet and taking the best nutrients we can, we will not be receiving the maximum benefit because the light that that substance has to interact with in order to be fully assimilated is not actually there. And so we need to spend more time outdoors. And it would be wonderful if we could spend time outdoors in places that had less pollution because the air pollution itself is degrading the quality of light coming from the sun. What does that then do or what have you seen happen or manifest in terms of clinical outcomes when we are shifting our relationship with the light outside, with the way that we're taking in light. I'm even thinking, Dr. Lieberman, about the light that our food receives and then how we take that in and where that comes from. So what do we see then when we're shifting this whole relationship with light? As I said a second ago, we live in a world where most of us are responding to life in a dualistic manner. We say, this is good, this is bad. Now, that is the result of our life's conditioning, because when we enter this world, the infant doesn't have any sense of skin coloration, religiosity, gender, food preferences. 
all of that stuff is conditioned in. And so when someone is able to respond to all the different wavelengths of light in a similar or equal way, a lot of the conditioning begins to dissolve back. You see, the dualistic perspective that we all have is related to point of view, or another way of saying that is what we think, or another way of saying that is our beliefs. But the average person doesn't realize that the word belief means the opposite of truth. And so when we're able to expand our spectrum so that there's less point of view and more just a wider sense of awareness, our entire assimilation of life and everything that comprises our life, from the foods we eat to everything else, just starts to function in a much more harmonious way. And I'm imagining that this impacts so many things like our sleep and our movement and our stress and resilience, which you spoke about earlier, and then that also has an impact. So you're bringing us into a different truth in order to find the journey towards health and healing. You know, think of it this way. 90% of what we take in sensorially comes in via the eyes through the sense of vision. And so light interacting with the eye when the light catches the eye and the eye reflexively moves toward the light that called upon it, that creates the foundation of what we call presence. It's not someone being present. There is a sense of presence with maximum ability of openness, a maximum openness, if you will. That is guiding each step of our life. So what's catching our eye is literally looking for us and it's coming from the intelligence of life, moving us on our journey. This is the way all creatures in the wild literally respond. They resonate in a certain way where they are literally still or move towards something or they don't resonate and they're moved away from it. So light guides every step of our movement, but it also guides every step of our physiology. In life, timing is everything. What the circadian rhythm is all about is this. We have trillions of cells in our body. Each one of them has a little watch. And that little watch is continually being synchronized in terms of the cellular activity so that it is in a harmonious relationship with life. Those trillions of little watches are in continual simultaneous tune with a grandfather clock within the hypothalamus of the brain, the, what's called the suprachiasmatic nucleus. That clock is what sets the timing of everything physiologically. So circadian rhythm is not just about awakening and sleeping. It's about everything that's going on throughout the day and throughout the night. It literally is guiding the body in terms of what to do, when to do it, and to what degree. And this is occurring way before we have any conscious awareness of it. 
because light is invisible. And so it's interacting, it's guiding cellular structures well before we have any sense of what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I want to reflect to you, Dr. Lieberman, that I live in a world where I'm always trying to bring people back to the fact that our physiological being is this vessel through which we get to live our and fulfill our life and our life's purpose. And that when there's discord, it's hard. There's too much noise, not just external noise, but internal noise when we're in pain, when we're suffering, when there's dysfunction. And we live in a world where there's this desire for what I call the quick fix or the X for the Y. That's how our medical system is set up. What's the protocol for X, Y, Z, whatever that is. We don't think more holistically, more about the whole sensation and the experience of health and healing. And I feel like you're taking us to a different level of that in this conversation. And I'm just curious if you experience that pushback from people who are just wanting the thing they're experiencing, the pain, to go away. You know, it's natural to want to be comfortable. Yes. We all want to be comfortable. And so when anyone is not feeling well, they say, tell me what I need to do. It's not about doing. It's more about allowing. So I'll give you an example. I mentioned earlier that infants come into the world literally hardwired for oneness. And then they are assigned certain things. So an infant comes out of its mother and the nurse or the physician immediately makes sure the infant is breathing and is alive. And then their eyes immediately go to the genital area and they say, ah, it's a girl. And they give the baby to the mother. And so based on whether we say it's a boy or a girl, we put it in a blue blanket or a pink blanket, and then it gets the appropriate name and on and on and on and on. But we say that in life, things are not black or white. They're different shades of gray. And my sense is that when infants come into the world, maybe we should wrap them up in rainbow blankets. Yes. Maybe we should allow their humanity to reflect to us their essence rather than assigning a label. Because as a physician, you know, it's not the disease that normally kills us. It's the diagnosis. The labeling is literally toxic. And so most of our life is ill-timed. We are literally jet-lagged with the essence of life because our entire conditioning is to make something happen that hasn't happened yet or to stop something from happening that wants to happen right now. And so I think what we're really excited about here is we need to begin to realize that there's a science for living. We've all become successful at all these peripheral things, but the essential health and contentment that we all say we seek is rarely experienced by most people. And so we really have to ask the question, you know, there's something here that we are not seeing. And 
that has really been the foundation of my own work because I don't see people as having a problem or needing to be fixed. I just see that all of us are on the same journey. We're all the same height and we're all in the same boat. And if we can get to a place in our life where we're not allergic to different aspects of our life, they may not be our first preference, but we don't have a strong reactivity to them. Things in life literally become easier. I remember I've said my whole life, I've never experienced a food I didn't like. And that makes that part of my life really easy because I don't have to involve any mental activity. It literally occurs reflexively. And I'll perhaps end with this. There is nothing in our physiology that is designed to initiate action. Our physiology is continually responding to something that is animating it in a certain direction. And if we could allow life to take us, we would be just like the birds that find themselves migrating thousands of miles away without any GPS systems or the whales that make their way to Maui every year and never veer more than one degree in the routing. So I think we can learn a lot from Mother Nature and realize that we're not the observers of nature, we are nature. So beautiful, Dr. Lieberman. And thank you for inviting us to see through a different lens and for sharing your wisdom with us today. So beautiful. It's a great pleasure. And I'm so grateful for your invitation. The 15-Minute Matrix is hosted and produced by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The podcast is edited and mixed by Brian Paik of Pacific Audio, and special thanks go out to Alia Hale, Pamela Geismar, Sandra Brower, Evan Hollingsworth, Heidi Kaufman-Lakowitz, and Rowan Bradley for their support making the 15-Minute Matrix possible. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to see the completed functional nutrition matrix that accompanies today's or any episode, be sure to head over to the podcast website. Again, that's 15minutematrix.com. We love when you share our episodes with your friends and colleagues, leave a review and rate the show. That helps us to grow our collective message that functional nutrition is the future of healthcare. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Functional Nutrition Alliance, and you can follow me at Andrea Nakayama. And if you or someone you know is interested in becoming a functional nutrition counselor, head over to fxnutrition.com to learn more about our Full Body Systems program. Full Body Systems is our 10-month immersion course where you'll learn the systems-based approach to addressing the root causes of your clients' issues through client education, diet, and lifestyle modification. Again, you can always learn more at fxnutrition.com.